Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. Streaming now Streaming now at KDOW.biz and Radio.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Good day. Well, maybe not so much good day, huh? Dow's down's over 600 points. Whoa, down to 2.4%. NASDAQ down 188 points. Down 1.75%. S&P 500 is down 71 points. Down 2.15%. Um, let's talk about it, shall we? Um, this That's a pretty good-sized correction. That's a pretty good—not correction. That's a pretty good-sized opening down movement. The stock market closed last week with a weakening technical posture, and it's starting to look like September is gloomy, and we're not going to be able to get away from that. We're late into September, and we're getting nothing accomplished as far as the month goes. So there's some changes in the influences, and there's what's weighing on investor sentiment. There's heightened political tension in the United States after Friday night. Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away, sparked an added political fight ahead of the election over the timing of a new appointee of a Supreme Court nominee. Historically, it's been bad juju to try to get a Supreme Court justice put in place in the final year of a president's term during election year. But the Republicans are playing a game of we want it all. A few years ago when Obama had the chance, they're like, oh, you can't do that. Precedent, precedent. That's the way I'm reading it. But I don't read things always politically correctly, right? So there's more contention going into November now. This week, it should be a a show between Republicans and Democrats. Uh, If you listen to the news over the weekend, two Republicans have jumped off and said, yeah, we're not not doing this pointy thing. That's just bad bad taste because Ruth actually said her dying wish was that this wait until next year to be solved. Anyway, <laughs> this is pretty dramatic stuff. The odds of an election being won in court is is moving towards Trump's favor now. If it's the Supreme Court, you just had a, a liberal 
pass away and leave the court one voice liberal down. So the market's going to start thinking, uh, uh, do we get four more years of Trump or do we get four years of Biden? There's surging, surging cases of coronavirus. I loved when I used to do the show. I talked about how case volume of coronas was going up, meaning we're going on more vacation. Can't do that anymore, can I? Uh-uh. So surge in coronavirus cases in Europe. It's raising the specter of lockdown measures being reimposed to curb infection rates. Uh, the UK is talking about doing a whole nother lockdown again, starting from scratch, essentially. China has introduced the parameters for being placed on the unreliable entity list. Um, so China's political tensions are rising as we go into the election. There's allegations that several major banks like J.P. Morgan Chase and Deutsche Bank have helped move large sums of illegal money for a period of nearly 20 years. I started reading up on that uh, late, early this morning. I was going to say late last night. It depends on how you look at it, right? Uh, so that's a kind of a new drama. You don't want your final financial institutions acting illegally. Um, that's never a good thing. If that's how, that's the only way they can make money. There's fading confidence in the prospect of another coronavirus relief bill getting passed before the election. I'm all over on this one. It, it went from it's dead. We're going on vacation for Labor Day to you want a 500 billion. You wanted a billion trillion. How about a trillion and a half? And Trump was like, I like trillion and a half to maybe we won't get it. I'm perplexed. Oracle and Walmart are shaping up to be outliers. They're both up today. President Trump blessed a TikTok deal and concept whereby they would partner and ultimately form a consortium of U.S. investors that would reportedly have a majority stake in TikTok. While TikTok gets to keep what they wanted to keep, their algorithm. Um, it's pretty easy to get followers on TikTok. Um, I witnessed that myself as my son started a TikTok account, got 10 pictures of Fortnite, and he stylized them through a filter editor, and he had 200 followers within seconds, telling me, not seconds, minutes, not minutes, maybe two hours, but it's still growing. That's telling me there's like really just a lot of robots and a lot of odd stuff going on there, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, the Emmy Awards were last night, and they were unique and interesting in this fact that Schitt's Creek had a record number, uh, had a record sweeping Emmy night. HBO scored big with Watchmen in succession. Emmy history was made pop TV, and I'm like, uh, I'm asking everyone who's younger than me today, what is exactly pop TV? Where may I find this? Um. <laughs> Shit's Creek became the most beloved comedy on TV and it's CBC. So it's interesting to note, right? So distribution is changing aggressively. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. We'll talk about that a little as the show goes on, I'm sure. Microsoft is buying a major online, uh, just a major game pl- uh, publisher. I've played some of these games. $7.5 billion deal. Microsoft is buying Bethesda Softworks. The company that owns them is a company called Zenimax. You would know Bethesda Softworks from Doom, 
the Elder Scrolls, Fallout, and many others. So they're getting a lot of intellectual property, in my opinion. Um, and it just shows you again, the Xbox is going to need some exclusive titles. I think that's probably what the Sony PlayStation has done really well. And these are investments. The Sony PlayStation sold out essentially for Christmas or the initial batch sold out in seconds. So gamers have been locked up for a year. Am I exaggerating now? Gamers have been locked up for six months, seven months. I don't know. Six months, seven months a year. And uh, it's it's made its way into my life, so to speak. Yes, yes. So the deal includes intent to bring Bethesda's future games into Xbox Game Pass the same day they launch on the Xbox or PC. So it's gaming's for big boys too now. You don't have to be a "you'll never grow up and do anything with your life" kind of response. Let's take a look at the markets again, shall we? See how things are faring as the day goes on. I'm not concerned, but are you ready for a real bear market? Would be a really fair question. Are you ready for some volatility that lasts a little bit longer? Uh oh, the Dow was just down 666. Sign of the devil. Damian no, Omen. God! Yes, it was. It was. Now it's down 670. So it's getting a little bit worse. Uh, Nicola is an interesting loser of the day. Nicola shares in KLA is a company that's going to compete with Elon Musk in drivable trucks. Uh, electric drivable trucks or hydrogen fuel cells. And they had this deal with <coughs> GM on manufacturing. And well, let's just say people question if the company has any product at all or any intellectual property at all other than fraud. So they're down today another 14% below their IPO price. And when you take on Elon Musk, you better have product because the light's going to be hot. It's be scorching hot white on you. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Pan Emmys from last night. Jimmy Kimmel's, that was pretty interesting to watch how they did the presentation. I think it's the first live event. Uh, we saw how ESPN tried to handle the NFL draft live and show you, you know, coaches and show you some fans. I don't think that worked very well. well I didn't think. I don't think that worked. I'm, I'm tired. Um, but last night, the Emmys, were, it was handled pretty well. I was interested to see how they pulled it off. Um, I would say there was a lot of magic in it, knowing a little bit about TV production. I think some winners clearly knew before uh, that they were going to win. Schitt's Creek was all in a tent outside. 
So like they they must know something special was going on. I guess it was maybe a restaurant or something like that. But there was like twenty of them there. Um, kind of a big party to have unless you know you're winning. Anyway, Netflix garnered two Emmy wins. Um, that's worthy of note. HBO won thirty trophies, the most of any network. Um, Shit's Creek is on Pop TV, which I had to dig for. I'm like, who owns them? And it's a uh, part of Viacom CBS under its domestic networks division. But again, it's more of a Canadian broadcast channel kind of thing. So that's a big winner. Trying to find a little bit of positive news and what's going to be a pretty obnoxious day on Wall Street, it looks like. So Ruth Bader Ginsburg dying. And you have to put the pieces together ever so slowly. Not only is the first person nominated, not only the whoever replaces her could very well likely determine the presidency of the United States in the same year. Very weird. Um, so that's that's adding to the tensions out there. What else is adding to the tensions out there? Well, because Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed before the elections, and this is just so weird to talk about it before she's even in the ground, you know? Um, it, it, there's no stimulus bill. So it won't happen. Unless Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell could pull something out it probably won't happen because now the political capital is going to be spent on Supreme court nominee instead of trying to pull something off. And I guess they both sides have their marching orders now, as far as the election, this is about the Supreme court. The one thing I used to love about the Supreme court was that we never heard about the Supreme court until someone died. That's not so much the case now, but a lot of Americans learn about history when someone dies um, so that's out there today. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. I would refer to this as the treacherous season. The disquiet about the election results, lack thereof, already evident in the derivative markets. Derivative contracts are presumably insurance policies, so it's intuitive that buyers would pay higher premiums to protect themselves against unexpected risk. We're going to see some drama is the best way of think, saying that. Um, Friday evening uh, was the start of Rosh Hashanah, the start of the Jewish high holidays that conclude with Yom Kippur on September 28th. Um, <clears throat> Wall Street tends not to be, I want to I say cognizant of that. It, it's not like it's a major shutdown at all on Wall Street. You see a little less trading volume, but not much. So, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about. October is peculiarly dangerous as far as months to speculate on stocks. That's especially true in presidential election years. This We're not in October yet, but it should pick up if history repeats itself or if history has set a precedent. But I don't necessarily believe that. But this year, I'm feeling this could be a pretty volatile season. I'd make sure you have your seatbelt and maybe a, a very light breakfast before getting on the airplane known as Wall Street. So since 1952, the Dow Industrials averaged an eight-tenths of a percent decline uh, in the years when there's presidential election uh, tied towards the month of October. 
Mark Twain once observed that July, January, September, April, November, May, March, June, December, August, February, the other dangerous months in the market. <laughs> okay, okay. I would say most of the drama in my 20-plus year career has come in the month of October, um, whether it be elections and or just market corrections as we go through a very boring summer, fall, as we head towards the winter season, that transition has always been fraught with opportunity of what will Congress do? What will the president be? Um, what will America shape up to look like? What sort of budget flushes do we have to think about? Uh, what happened during the summer that we needed to catch up on now? So stocks are extending the September sell-off with the Dow plunging 700 points. One of the shocking things inside what's driving the market lower is the UK said we may have to lock down completely one more time. And this time people take it seriously and maybe we'll up the game and help our police officers shoot people up on site or maybe we'll go door to door with guns and check people's temperatures. I don't know what is going to happen. But another lockdown sounds like it's going to make people mentally insane. The uh, UK could be headed for a second shorter mini lockdown for two weeks. The government scientists warned that if the current trend in rising cases continued, the country would expect to see almost 50,000 new cases per day by mid-October. So it's picking back up. Uh, again, we're still looking for a vaccine, realistically. I feel like we have to t- tune out all the noise and go with a more common approach. Common Conventional wisdom saying... November earliest, not likely to be completely distributed across the country through the summer of next year. Once we get it, we, the pandemic's not over. Just keep that in mind. People have to get the shot. People have to distribute the shot. Deutsche Bank uh, said expect a lot more restrictions in the days and ahead uh, for you know, the UK. So instantly, and again, just showing you how the, the elbow is connected to the nose bone. The nose bone is connected to the hip bone. Um, when the UK says we may have to do another two-week shutdown, Southwest Airlines, which last time I checked doesn't even fly there, dropped 5% on the news. Delta Airlines dropped 7% on the news. Carnival Cruise Lines dumped 4% on the news. Big tech used to save us during the summer when I'm like, well, if the economy shut down, why is the stock market going up? And then we kind of rationalized it all through big tech's taking the the most of the pie right now. And who doesn't love pie as far as pandemic pie goes? Apple, Microsoft, Amazon. They were leading the markets this summer and August. And then September hit. And they're not down big today, but they're not up. Bank stocks are selling off on a number of global banks. getting caught up in illicit funding of crime the tune of a couple trillion dollars that story might not ha- might have hair on it and that might become a bigger problem i'm rob black Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. 
All things financial money investing So I'm looking at that TV show Shit's Creek last night, breaking Emmy records by sweeping the comedy category and winning all four major acting awards. Pop TV, previously known as the TV Guide Network. I'm like, whoa. At one point, TV Guide, get this. This is going to blow your mind. Back in the late 90s, People were trying to figure out the future of the internet. It was so young and, and raw. You know, at one point in time, I'm like, let's get on a bulletin board and uh, go steal video games, or let's get on a bulletin board and talk about the world. There were bulletin boards, right? And that led to things like AOL, which was a cleaned up version of the, of the same kind of not much doing out there. People would give you Deb, Deb, Deb. Uh, addresses and like, oh, this this guy has his own site at home, and you know he he's got he's really funny. You like you'd go and he, it's kind of like a blogging experience on a lot of levels, which led to Yahoo and Excite, um, and those had search engines, but they also had destinations on the on the home page, and that led to Google saying, let's just dominate the search engine thing. Google went that direction. You kind of see how it's all been playing out. But during the time of Google, right around right before Google kind of figured out the search engine angle, uh, there was a company called TV Guide, and TV Guide had the business model of well, it's have you ever turned on cable television or your satellite television and you hit the button that says Guide and you see what's on channel two, what's on channel three, what's on channel four? A lot of people, futurist technologists back in the late '90s, thought what we were going to be doing is something along the lines of that. That we would be buying our favorite destinations or someone be organizing our favorite destinations into a scroll up and down menu. And we could see what, what was going on on the internet at that period of time or in a static way as well. So TV Guide got worked up as because they had this relationship where they pulled all the information on what's going to be on TV today. And people are like, well, let's just make them a dot-com company. But they were a TV company. Well, let's just call them TVGuide.com. And a lot of people thought this was going to have some traction and didn't. So I, I bring it up in large part because they are one of the owners or that whole concept got bastardized into Pop TV eventually. HBO snagged 11 primetime Emmy Awards, most of any network for the night. Overall, when you take away the primetime and you add in all the Emmys, like the technical achievements, the creative things. They won 30 the most of any network. Netflix got two Emmy wins. VH1, Hulu, and Apple each nabbed one primetime Emmy win. This is important because a lot of eyeballs were on the Emmys last night. This is important because it's live entertainment that could still sell advertising. I thought the advertising was, was quite different. As we're moving into the pandemic advertising era, um, one of the things I noticed was that every TV, anyone who was nominated for an Emmy had really good commercials during the Emmys. Talking about like Netflix, you can only see it here, and uh, HBO. No one does it quite like us. Everyone's trying to strike ground right now, and there's still you know battles going on. 
Disney Plus got nominated for one Emmy. I was like, that's cute. Apple TV got nominated, I think, for two. Um, but do you know who I who I haven't said once yet? ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox. Now CBS is part owner of Shit's Creek. As far as pop TV, a pay channel in the U.S., but they're going to sell it into syndication into Fox. Now, doesn't that just blow your mind? <laughs> right? Down now, down 800 points. Um, yeah, I would say the weekend news was not good for the stock market. Whoa. So the last thing I'll say about the Emmys, and I only watched about half an hour. Um, I, they did a really, really nice job of presentation and it was compelling to watch i thought uh they did the you know categories uh, instead of having two people come out and saying they had those people in their home i thought that was nicely done i got to see like elton john really liked Shit's creek so i was like i like elton john that's kind of interesting that he likes that show um uh, so there's kind of a little bit of hollywood flair to it that that kind of worked Okay, stocks extend September sell-off. Is this the beginning of a bear market? Uh, no one knows. We've already had one bear market this year that lasted like a minute or two. In real terms, it lasted about a month. When you go from a recent high to down 20%, that's your bear market. And then it snapped right back. So I don't think we really had one. Was there economic damage done this year? Yes. With the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, does that bring a lot of focus on will political tensions rise to scream at each other about the Supreme Court and not to work together about another stadium's package? It probably sadly means yes. Trump says he's going to name Supreme Court nominee Friday or Saturday in kind of an unprecedented move to do it so close to the election in a world where the elections seem to be now decided by Supreme Courts. Um, home equity is surging as demand soars and mortgage rates hover near lows. That's worthy of chatting about just for a second. Home equity for homeowners with a mortgage rose 6.6% annually in the second quarter. So that's not just 6.6% in a quarter. That's spread out to annualize it to 6.6% in the year. So when you see the NASDAQ up 10% in the year, NASDAQ beat 6.6% gain in, okay? I don't want you going 6.6% in one quarter. Woohoo! Total supply of homes for sales was just 29% lower annually for the week. Homes typically went under contract after just 14 days, which is 14 days faster than a year ago. So now if you put your home up for sale, you probably have an offer by the weekend. May even be sight unseen. So when 6.6% annual gain in home equity happens uh, doing the math with a uh, abacus because that's how all great economists do math so i move this bean over there i slide it up down two. i make sure not to shake it like a rattle because it's a calculator i still don't know how those ancients did it but they did it they created a calculator with beans and strings um 620 billion dollars or 9800 dollars per homeowner so your home is up 6.6% across America. That's going to average out to about $620 billion in money, unrealized gains, or about $9,800 per home. That's a lot of money. Honey, 
This pandemic's over. This is like future Rob. Let's go to Hawaii. Okay, honey. We made money in the house. We can go. So current Rob is like, honey, let's go to Hawaii. And she's like, no. No, I don't want to get on a plane. So home appreciation has some weird effects on how we spend money and make babies. If we're feeling wealthy, we tend to want to bring another person on this planet. If we're feeling we're struggling, we tend to say, now is not a good time. Home equity for homeowners surged 6.6%. Again, that's $9,800 per home. Home values have continued to rise and are now up 5.1% annually, according to Zillow. Prices gained in 48 out of the 50 largest metropolitan housing markets. Again, who are the losers here? Well, that's an easy one, renters. So um, who are the losers? Maybe the people are buying at the highs if the market takes a downturn. Probably, I'm not predicting that. Not with the Fed on our side. But if unemployment goes 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18%, yeah, I'm, I'm predicting price drops. Um, the number of mortgage properties in negative equity position now, that's how many mortgages are out there that are upside down. Like you bought it for 500000 the home's worth uh, $480,000. With a mortgage bigger than the value of the home, it dropped by 15% annually. That's about 3% of all mortgages are upside down. Those are good numbers. I can't lie to you. Those are good numbers. Um, so there's some positives out there. Dow down 800 points. I kind of like the drama. I was working with a producer earlier in the year who was on the younger side. And early on, he had a lot of questions. And then he kind of got a, a big bravado. And he got a Robin Hood account and telling me how he bought AMD and he flipped into this and flipped out of that. I'm like, don't forget you're going to have to pay taxes on any of those gains. And I bet Robinhood doesn't give you the, the best tax statement at the end of the year. So you're going to have to remember your gains and losses because that's one area the IRS will get you pretty fast. If you fit, send in 10 forms and someone else send in 12 forms about you. Um, Dow down 847. Tesla's down 25, down 6%. Dow's down 3%. That doesn't sound terribly wrong. So it's looking like we could try to go for a 1,000-point day. That would be kind of exciting, would it not? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Seems to be getting tons of text messages today. Oh, it's already time, is it? Um, coming up, I'm going to talk about food and fertilizer. And maybe an investment idea. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Got a pretty rough market out there. Hopefully you're not feeling it too, taking it too personally. Take a break. We'll be right back. Your comments and questions are always welcome. 
Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I do appreciate it. Trust me, it's not lost on me that there's options out there. I'm just glad that you're dedicated to thinking about retirement. It's something that I started thinking about way too early. Um, I had a conflict childhood with my father. He was an alcoholic, not the kind to, uh, he wasn't like a fall down drunk. He was just kind of like a mute the emotions drunk. And uh, that led me to like not want to be like him. So I, I think children, I'm not going to give parenting advice, but I think we tend to either be like our parents or not like our parents. Sometimes it's black and white like that. We, we're not somewhere in between. We're just, if your dad was super Republican, you're either super Republican or super Democrat. If your dad believed in the military, you're either pro-military or anti Like For me, there's a lot of that, those kind of checkboxes in my life. I'm not saying I'm at total odds with them. I wasn't. Um, I loved him. I thought he did his best, but he was an orphan, and I just there's no rule book on parenting. Quickly, you will learn that when you're a parent, as everyone wants to give you a rule book on parenting. So um, there's some conflict going on on Wall Street at this point in time. And it should bring up some conversation with you on how do you want to approach it. It's going to be a contentious election season. The idea of stimulus getting done now when we have to debate about a Supreme Court justice, um, it's not ideal. This is going to be, you're going to see in a crazy amount of money spent um, trying to sway opinions. And it's going to come down to two Republicans on whether or not the nominee could get pushed through that quickly. I don't see any Democrats. I don't know. I'm not going to talk politics, but I don't see any Democrats saying, oh, yeah, let's go ahead and push the Supreme Court justice through. I would be very, very surprised by that. So it's going to be contentious, right? The things that have helped us in the past aren't helping us now. We have tensions between the United States and China escalating. This time last year, pre-COVID, it was like, hey, we're going to get phase one done of the China-U.S. trade war deal. We've got the whole Mexico NAFTA Part 2 Canada thing kind of lined up. Everyone seems to be playing nice. Now let's move on to something a little bit bigger. Uh, not really, right? Bank stocks, who you need to work, are not working right now. A lot of global banks are in a scandal right now that you never really want your banks to be in scandals because usually what happens is regulators step in and they go, no, 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 none of this nonsense. And they, they change the rules from easier to much more difficult. I'm not policing that. I'm just throwing it out there. Um, I'll let you figure out how to play it going forward. Let's take a look at the market numbers, shall we? On days like this, it always seems to be pretty interesting to see. Uh, okay, we're back down to 800. We were down to 860 um, on the Dow. But that's still a pretty big day. Nikola shares opened up at their lowest level uh, price debut. Their, their founder resigned. The company's not even a year old publicly, and their founder resigns. That's not good. Um, I'll be quite honest with you. It, you know, I tell you that you have to have standards. Um, I'm not single, but if I were single, I wouldn't date an 18-year-old woman, maybe a 25-year-old woman. My standard is I would want her to be a little bit more worldly than 18. 
when I was 18, I wanted everyone to have 32 teeth that I dated. Now my standard would probably be 31. I'll give, give way for an accident. I'm kidding, of course, but you have to have standards. I don't buy IPOs in their first year. It is a rare, rare exception that I will make. Um, I did with Facebook after they fell apart in the first three months as people didn't believe they were going to make a switch from desktop to mobile. They had no mobile business when they went public, which is so weird. So Nikola's down 30%, and the people who are losing on this one, it's not people like me who have standards. It's people like you who go, well, Tesla made a lot of money. This company's doing something similar, so maybe they make half as much, but I'll take that. So never, ever, never, never. And when a CEO says he's going, oh, uh, let's talk about this. Stephen Gursky, a former vice chairman of General Motors and a member of Nikola's board, has been appointed chairman of the board, effective immediately. Um, the founder, a guy named Trevor Milton, his departure follows the release of a report by a short seller called Hindenburg Research last week, accusing him of making false statements about the company's technology. Um, we should have learned this from Elizabeth Holmes. I don't think we really have. And she's still in court as a founder of a Theranos breakthrough medical company that was telling us exactly what we want to hear. One drop of blood and we could diagnose and screen for future cancers. Like, whoa, shame on me, shame on you, shame on anyone who bought the fact that science can't be lying. They have the testing kits, right? Yeah, we have the testing kits. Uh, they have distribution of CVS and Safeways. Yeah, they have that. Yeah. But they didn't have the technology. When they got the drop of blood back, at one point in time, they said, in the future, we're going to show you your results in an hour at the store. But for now, you have to sit it into us, and we'll tell you. Didn't quite work out that way. They were then taking a drop of blood and sending it to another lab to get some of the information. That's downright fraud. Uh, during the process, Elizabeth Holmes turned into the youngest female billionaire. Like Since then, she's been crushed by uh, one of the Jenner girls, but that's neither here nor there. But she's in court fighting to try to keep that fame and fortune because ultimately it was fraud. They lied about how they were doing it, they, and people want their money back. And sometimes it's lawyers that want your money back, and then they'll give you 30 cents for every dollar to you. You get the idea. But Nikola is in a similar kind of situation. Their founder, Stephen Gursky, is being accused of um, – no, not Stephen Gursky. Milton is the founder. Uh, Gursky is the new chairman of just basically lying. So Nikola, Honda, and other companies are looking at GM's technology as a platform for their products represent just one part of the electrical vehicle strategy. There's nothing you can believe right now. And you, this is a big win for Tesla, in my opinion. <laughs> Because it doesn't look like what they said was going to be out there is going to be out there. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Black, Black, Black.